Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Now, I've talked a lot lately about incentives employers are offering to try to attract new hires. Well, the U.S. military, all volunteer military, is having a terribly difficult time attracting new recruits, and they're increasing the bonuses that they're offering to potential new recruits to an eye-popping maximum of $50,000. Now, you got to be certain, you got to have certain skills, capabilities to get that kind of bonus, but the whole idea is to draw your attention, and I want to talk about that. Later, I have actually good news on the energy front. Good for your wallet at a time that You go to the gas pump and you're like, oh man, look what's happening here. Look how much it costs to fill up my tank. So I'm going to fill you in on that. And I want to remind you, by the way, our free newsletters are so full of great information for your wallet. And remember what I said, our newsletters are free because they're all about helping you save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. So you can sign up at clark.com slash newsletters. So every employer pretty much has been facing disruptions in the marketplace in terms of attracting workers, except a tiny few professions that always have plentiful job seekers, politicians running for office. There's always many more of those than there are jobs available Uh, People want to be in television or movies, that kind of thing. Uh, People are trying to break through music. Um, Other than those folks, the rest of us mere mortals, uh, people are really, really seeking our services. And I think about how the military ranks have been suffering a loss in not being able to retain people that we as taxpayers have spent a lot of money training, amping up their skills, uh, creating better soldiers, sailors, fighters, pilots, the whole thing. And so the military behind the curtain is doing a lot of things with retention bonuses, trying to retain people who have these skill sets that are very important to protect our freedom and against all these mischief makers around the world who are trying to take advantage and I don't even need to name how many countries that is we all know who they are but we also have a problem attracting the new young soldiers would-be soldiers and that's why the bonuses are in place if you are from a family where you have a culture that 
the military has been part of your life and you have a young family member who's trying to figure out what he or she should do, this may be a worthy path for them to consider is serving in the U.S. military. And really, the point is right now, the opportunities are so plentiful across so many interests, skill areas, jobs, professions, because of the extreme shortages of workers that we've talked about for so many reasons, principally because of employer short-sightedness two years ago, casting aside workers that were 50-plus. And a lot of those people said, hey, you know, this seems a lot better not working than working. I would go crazy not working. I would too. It's funny because uh, I should tell you, you know, I've been a TV reporter for 30, it's my 31st or 32nd year as a TV reporter. I've done different jobs in TV. And I, I think about how people in management just always assumed that I was going to bag it and that I was, you know, that I was going to hit a point because TV is a young business and I just keep on going. And I think it's been a real surprise that I keep on working because what would I do with myself if I didn't work? Well, you're always busy. I mean, you would always be doing something, helping or volunteering or something. For you to talk about somebody being always busy, (laughs) what you don't know is Krista is like the Tasmanian devil. You are busier than any human being I've ever met. No way. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. But it's important that we get to your questions right now. And speaking of what I would probably want to do if I retired from everything I do right now, I'd probably want to be the door greeter at Costco. <laughs> You'd be and, so good at that. And you have a question related to that. I do. This is from Jay in Texas. He says, I'm looking to change from Sam's to Costco. One of the reasons is because it's closer to my house. And the other is because everyone says it's better. But what's the difference between the basic plan and the elite? So I'm actually a member of both. And I'm a member of the premium membership level at both. Now, there are differences between the two that Uh, And you have to do a reasonable amount of shopping where we do the overwhelming share of our shopping at Costco Wholesale and Sam's Club. And I was talking with my oldest brother before the podcast today, and he was on his way to Costco. And my wife, Lane, is on her way to Costco. (laughs) And so it's just part of our family thing that we all go to Costco. My other brother lives a good distance from a Costco, about 45 minutes away, and they go like once a week. It's just what we do in our family. But it's your club, your private club. It is our, well, Sam's Club. That's why we say is, you know, people ask what private club right. I'm a member of. I say Sam's Club. So with the Costco premium membership, what it's all about, particularly if you tie it in with the free Costco Visa card issued by Citibank, is the rebates you get for the shopping. So if you're an executive member at Costco and you have the Costco Visa card, you get 2% cash back on everything you buy, plus another 2% cash back for buying at Costco using the Costco Visa card. So the prices you see, your effective cost is 4% cheaper with that combination. The membership fee, and the membership fee is 
it seems to be a pretty poorly kept open secret. The membership fee is going up sometime this year. Right now, the base membership is 60. The premium membership is 120. Sam's Club has gone a different way with their premium membership. Their premium membership that is called Plus is 100 bucks. The base membership, I think, is 45 Will you check that, Kristen? I will. And so what I get for the $100 membership that is a huge benefit over what Costco does is I can get most anything Sam's Club sells delivered for free. No minimum purchase, anything like that as a member, as a premium member. My wife doesn't like shopping in Sam's Club. She doesn't like being in one. But she's happy to order with our membership at samsclub.com and have delivery. So it's been, and I was right, 45. Mm -hmm. So, But I do want to say, Sam's Club and Costco, there are often specials if you are not a current member, and we always put those on clarkdeals.com, but you can find them on their website. And and Sam's Club in particular has been very aggressive with offers where you pay the $45 membership fee, but you get back a gift card or equivalent items equal to or exceeding the $45 membership to try to get you as a member of Sam's Club. Uh, The other thing you get if you are a premium Sam's Club member, if you get their free credit card, you end up getting effectively 5% back on everything you buy, 1% more than you get at Costco with that combination. So they each have very strong benefits, but only if you are a dedicated warehouse club shopper. The other big advantage that Costco has over Sam's is that if you are a premium member with a credit card and you buy electronics, Costco gives you for free extremely long warranties on the items that Costco does through their concierge program that is a significant advantage over what Sam's offers its premium members. But then Sam's offers another benefit on prescription drugs there's a list of prescription drugs that the plus members get for free. Unlimited prescriptions of them through the year for free. This is from Michelle in Virginia. We have a car with a lease expiring in September. We're planning on purchasing the lease. Currently, the car is worth $10,000 over the lease buyout price if bought today. Should we wait until the expiration to purchase it out, or are there any advantages to buying it early with the extra equity in the car given the used car market? So generally, there's not an advantage for an early payoff on a lease. The um, lenders are very hostile right now to people buying out their leases. So read the terms and conditions of what are required of you, what notice provisions there are, and what things you have to do because the auto lenders are very much trying to trip you up and force you to turn the vehicle in so they get the found wealth of the difference between what you could have bought it for and what the used vehicle market pricing is now. Especially if you're going to keep the vehicle at the, at the point that you purchase it, there's really no advantage to stepping forward your purchase so I would, I would wait, but make sure you do everything exactly as required by the lease contract and that you document you've done everything exactly as required by the lease contract. 
And this is from Amy in South Carolina. My son scored a 1530 on the SAT at the very beginning of his sophomore year of high school, just shy of turning 16. This put him on the radar for many colleges. He's received invitations to participate in summer immersion programs from elite schools. I'm guessing there may even be more to come. These cost from $2,800 to $19,000 for a week-long program to an all-summer program. My question is, are any of these programs worth the cost? And I have to say, like, I'm getting, I think, you know, a lot of these um, programs do start sending out solicitations this time of year. Yeah. We've gotten some, too. Our son's a 10th grader, and in yesterday's mail, he got two of these wow. things. And just out of the blue. So I think that kids generally who go to, uh, your child goes to a Catholic school, ours goes to a private school, uh, particularly the the private school brats like my son are really targeted by these high tuition programs that are summer. Uh, They have all kinds of cute names for them. I don't think they give your kid any leg up at all. I think it's better for your son to go get life experience during the summer, go work, do an internship, whatever, rather than go in one of these programs and rub shoulders with other kids who also think this is really going to help them get into some Ivy League school or something like that. I have to counterpoint that with, I do want my kid to go to a summer college program for at least a few weeks. Our daughter did it and it really helped her to figure out what kind of campus she wanted to be on. The program she went to took them to different colleges to see them. And she had an experience kind of being far away from home and and we did really find it helpful. It is expensive. And then she worked the rest of the summer. So sometimes I feel like it can be appropriate just depending on your situation and your kid. Well, I can tell you that we're zero for three on this kind of thing, <laughs> three kids. And I would not spend the money, but I appreciate your perspective. All right. So uh, coming straight ahead, speaking of costs coming out of your wallet, you know, my wallet's right here. You can't get it from me, can you, Chris? <laughs> Not giving it away. Um, but it feels like when we go to the gas pump, there's a robber baron there from the oil company just robbing you blind. I want to tell you what we have to look forward to this year on the gas, natural gas, gasoline station kind of front. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, It's been so weird if you think about what's happened with energy costs through the cycle of the pandemic. I mean, this has been freaky here and around the world. So you go back to in the spring of 20, and there were these shutdowns all over the world. 
and demand for energy fell off a cliff. And something unprecedented in the history of energy production, as best I know, oil companies were having to pay people to take their oil for a period of time in late spring of 20 because the world didn't want it. They were out of places to store it and all the rest. So here we are two years later almost, and the situation has completely turned on its head after the, what the end user, you and me, were paying for energy fell apart in the spring and summer of 20. From that point, prices have been rising and are so much more money. I happened to be in New York City a couple of weeks ago and buying gasoline in Manhattan is a crazy thing anyway, but I'm at a red light and I notice a gas station was $5.99 for regular gasoline. Six bucks. Wow. And I mean, these prices are high, but nothing like that. It's not like being in Europe usually. By the way, when I had to fill up, I filled up where you would know is a former tri-state area resident. Well, I thought you were going to say Costco because I know you went to a Costco in New Jersey. That's exactly okay. where I filled up at Costco <laughs> in New Jersey, in uh, Teterboro, New Jersey. $3, low $3 a gallon. I can't wow. quote exactly what it was. I apologize. You're slipping. Slipping, absolutely. But anyway, we've seen wherever we are in America, wherever we live, we've seen these prices go up, up, and away. And... It's because we went from extreme surplus to significant shortage. But I'll tell you, our energy producers in the United States are doing everything they can to help supply the energy market and help our strength as a country in the world. So this is a stunner. But this is a new report published by the Financial Times of London that the United States is on track to produce more energy in a single year than it ever has, and to reestablish itself as the world's largest energy producer of oil and natural gas. And it looks like the numbers are going to be humongous, that we're going to produce somewhere north of 12.5 million barrels a day of oil. If you don't know the significance of that if you go back before the u.s oil drillers perfected hydraulic fracking our production of oil was i think roughly half that and you may wonder why electric vehicle man is so excited about this okay so we in the united states people are only buying out of every hundred cars bought right now only three are electric we for years to come are going to be dependent on barrels of oil coming out of the ground. And we need the natural gas really badly as a way of producing energy independence for supply of energy to industry, homes, the rest, for uh, power and heat and all the rest. So this is something that's great, that the oil exploration and production numbers are so good. It also means that compared to what people are having to pay for energy elsewhere in the world, we're in a better spot because of the massive production 
coming from North Dakota to Texas and places in between. And so this is really good news for the United States moving forward. And energy has to be from multiple sources. And the cleaner, obviously, the better. That's why I've always been so mean towards coal, because coal's caused so many health problems for people and asthma and all the rest. But we have the ability to produce energy so many different ways, and we absolutely need to continue to pump oil and natural gas out of the ground. And I'm looking at this chart right here. You can see this, Krista, that just shows straight up on production. And this is awesome news for our economy and ultimately for you and me. If we had not become a powerhouse in energy production again, think about what you and I would be paying. Well, I don't buy gasoline, but I'm in a rental car. But what you would be paying when you go to the pump if we didn't have this capability to produce. So this is a really solid development and great for us moving forward. And it's no question that the world is going to move to electrification of transportation. And it's not a greeny thing. It's a, well, it is a greeny thing, but not about the environment. It's about dollars and cents because it's much cheaper to run and own an electric vehicle than a gas engine one. And so we'll steadily migrate to that. But there's a lot of years in front of us and a lot of road miles in front of us that we're going to need to produce energy for. And thank goodness our oil and natural gas sectors are working overtime to produce that energy. And I hope they make a lot of money because we need the profits for them to have the incentive to explore and extract this energy that we need to run our economy. And by the way, if you are somebody who is incensed beyond measure, that I would be excited that we're producing more energy than ever, go to clark.com slash Clark Stinks. All right, we'll get to some questions now. This is from Darwin in Tennessee. I've always bristled at the documentation fee imposed when buying a car through a dealership, but I'm more perplexed by the fees charged by mortgage companies. How can I determine which are legit or created just to provide the mortgage company with some additional profit? So, Darwin, I love your question. So let's go back to the dealerships with the with the dock fee or processing fee or paperwork fee or whatever fee. I, I love the dealerships that have just been the most honest and said additional dealer profit and call it what it is. So that's actually the same thing with the mortgage companies. I never worry about when I'm looking at a closing statement, I never worry about all the crazy junk fees that are listed on that because they are all junk fees. And why do I say that? Because think about this. It would be like you going to a restaurant and they hand you a check and they say, so your entree was $14, but that's not what you pay because in addition to the 14, this is your share of the uh, electricity bill. This is your share of the cook in the kitchen. This is your share of the busser you know this is your share of the rent (laughs) the rent yeah everything that's the way the banking business has always played dirty pool and mortgages and that's why i've always been interested 
and the people who do what they call no closing cost mortgages. It's not like there's no closing costs. They just say, here's our deal. This is the interest rate. And whatever fees are, we bake that into the interest rate. That's the way it should work. But the reason the lenders play it so dirty on the mortgages, the banks do this because they want to make it unbelievably difficult for you to comparison shop one lender to another. And we spent a fortune developing a tool at Clark.com that helps you compare one mortgage offer to another and figure out how long it would take to make back the money and all that because it's so difficult. So what I'd like for you to do is something really, really simple. Use somebody's tool like ours or just take pen and paper and you want to track three costs from each organization you get a quote for on a mortgage. What's the interest rate? What are the closing costs? And do you have to pay any points? Points are a junk fee the lenders charge where each point is 1% of the amount of money you're borrowing. And it's just a made-up rip-off fee. So if you're able with each loan offer to see what is not just the rate, but what's all the rest of it, that's what I worry about. Not looking at each fee, but what's the total of those fees and how does that compare one lender to another. Um, with refis, I especially find no closing cost refis very attractive because a lot of times you don't know how long you're going to stay in a home or if interest rates are going to get better that you're going to want to refi again. So chasing the lowest interest rate often isn't what I'm interested in if all the costs involved with getting that lowest interest rate are a zillion dollars. All right. I hope that was a fair explanation. I think so. And speaking of houses, Roger in Georgia says, I bought a house for $800,000 and one of your favorite insurance companies has now concluded that the replacement cost is $1.4 million, making the insurance cost very high. I can shop around, of course, but how do I get an accurate replacement cost, neither too high nor too low? So Roger, what's going on right now is the cost of materials is so high, and I don't know if you bought a used house or a new house, but what you're talking about, what you're describing, has become a real concern of mine with particularly used homes, because what you can buy that home for is so much cheaper right now than the cost of repairing it after a storm, a fire, some type of catastrophic loss, that it's weird. Even when you subtract the value of the land, the cost of rebuilding a home right now can typically be more than two times what you paid for it. So if you were to buy coverage equal to what you paid for the home, you're going to find that you'd be terribly underinsured if there was a significant repair that needed to be done, a rebuild of the home that needed to be done after a claim. So what i like for you to do is have very high coverage to rebuild your home. But at the same time, take on as high a deductible as you can stand or your if you have a mortgage, your mortgage company will permit so that you have the coverage against the total catastrophic situation, but you're your own insurer for the relatively smaller things versus the value of an $800,000 home. And each insurer, 
the break point on where you save a lot of money on premiums varies, could be having a deductible of five, ten, twenty thousand dollars. And you may be listening to me and think I'm out of my mind. But if you're paying eight hundred thousand dollars for a home, you taking on two and a half percent of the risk value of that home from your own pocket as your own insurer and as a way to reduce premiums a whole lot seems like to me a smart idea. I don't want you to cheap out though on the coverage you have to rebuild your home following a catastrophe. It's such a good reminder. Like I'm thinking I need to look again at our replacement cost and make sure it's high enough um, because of the prices now. I hadn't even remember to do that. So I'm going to take you back down an unpleasant memory lane because I think it's useful to our listeners. Mm-hmm. 13 years ago, an unlucky 13 years ago, Krista and her husband were on an anniversary trip. And I forget where you were in the world. Cancun. Cancun. And while you were there, there was a thousand year storm that dumped 22 inches of rain in six hours, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. And your home was in a hundred year floodplain and the home basically became a boat underwater. And you had flood insurance, Mm -hmm. but it was not nearly adequate for the damage. And it was a huge financial hole you and your husband had to dig out of. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're all about making sure you have enough insurance. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, Yeah, that was an interesting time and dealing with all of that stuff. It wasn't fun, but um, we did, you know, we dug out of it and I'm kind of grateful for the experience now. But yeah, you should always make sure you have enough coverage for sure. All right. So do you realize the heart that this woman has? It's not my heart. I just feel like it's, you know, the tough things are what make us stronger, right? Like you can always see... Like in hindsight, of course, like at the time it was a year out of the house and a lot of stuff going on, but uh, we were so lucky. You and so many other friends and family in our church were so good to us. And and it was like we realized how little all that material stuff meant. And well, so now I have a different perspective. Well, but I, I still am consumed with guilt because while you and Mike were flying back, Joel, who you may have heard us talk about before, he used mm-hmm. to work on the radio show with me. Joel and I were at your and Mike's house and we had broken in and we were trying to get everything safe that we could in the house. And Joel says to me, you know, I really think we need to take stuff upstairs. I'm like, the water's never going to cover the entire first floor. Famous last words. Whatever. It was, it was my fault. No, it wasn't. Because Joel was right. He saw that this could have been like, a Noah's Ark kind of situation. I didn't have the vision. And then by the time the two of you got back, your home was underwater the whole first floor. Not just water, like sewage yeah. had gotten into the water. Yeah, so. it was, it was uh, yuck. So I'm really sorry because I was part of your financial <laughs> Thank setback. you for, for all of your help. No, no. So, yeah. It was my fail. Should have listened to Joel. Oh my gosh. It's true. You got to stop. Well, I want to thank you, even though you just heard that I deserve no credibility after messing up 13 years ago. (laughs) And I want you to know that we offer one-on-one free advice to you that is available from 10 in the morning Eastern time to 4 in the afternoon Eastern time. 
Monday through Friday. It's been a service of hours for now 29 years. And you call 636-49-CLARK. 636-49-CLARK. 